Hi, and welcome to the Invisible Boots series, an anonymous group of stories told from the perspective of people of color of what it's like living in color. So this is our first episode. Welcome, welcome all. Um, I am your host, Anonymous, and um, um, for you can call me Eosi. This is your girl Eosi. What's up, y'all? And um, I created this because I wanted to give people of color, um, as a black woman in America, I wanted to give people of color a safe place and a safe space to be heard, to be told, because so often we're having such separate conversations. And, you know, these conversations, I, I feel like every conversation that I have or every story that I have, I'm preaching to the choir. And often I'm having conversations with other races, you know, with my white counterparts and I hear things and I try to explain things. And I realize that there's just no understanding And what I really want to do, what my hope and goal with this uh, podcast and this series is to really shed light on what it's like because so often and personally as a woman of color, and I say this for my other sisters out there, sisters and brothers also in battle, but I'm speaking to you sisters as well because we carry so much. We carry so much because we're taught that we're supposed to be strong and that all we're meant to do is carry on and so a lot of the times you know we may vent to our other sisters out there you know about what we just experienced or the shenanigans is what I like to call it and um but then we just like 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 dust like like a dirty house right with a lot of (laughs) like a not so clean house with a lot of dust underneath it we just sweep things under the rug and we you know continue to move on And um, I wanted to use this platform, um, particularly this first Invisible Booth series, to talk about the scandal that has been happening with the college universities, the Ivy League college universities. Um, I wanted to talk about this because, you know, I am a person that went to one of these Ivy League universities and I had such a hard fought journey, which you will hear within the series once we you know, begin. I had a hard fought journey and not only to get in, but once I was in to stay in there and to make sure I graduated with my degree because there are forces when you are a minority in some shape or form and capacity that really work very hard, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, to make sure that you do not graduate with your goal with that degree to shift your life in every shape and form possible. And I I, I actually did shed a tear because it brought back my experience in one of these said Ivy League schools was very traumatic for me. And um, I you know, shed a tear and I didn't, I I had so many different emotions. I didn't know where to put it or how to even, um, give it voice. Um, so that I could, I realized also that I needed to heal from it and move on. And so what I hope this platform is for you all is, um, a tool to help you move on a place to feel heard because so often I don't feel heard. I still don't feel represented. And I think, you know, that there's an illusion of people saying that because there's so many 
people of color out there are making the ways and we've you know because that's what we do we are magic you know because we've you know broken box offices and we were the perfect you know husband and wife uh first lady and president of the united states you know that oh gosh you know like things are getting better they are getting better but they to a certain degree but there is just so much work to be done particularly within our you know community and psychologically and I think we never get the chance to psychologically breathe to psychologically um, break down because not only do we have life issues but we also have issues of being a person of color in this country and um, and and I find lots of times people are not willing to talk about it publicly so I really want to give you all a safe space to be heard and right now it's just me I'm a team a party member of one with this podcast but what I hope is the magical gods of podcast land um to bless me with an audience so that I can start to hear from you because I want to hear from you I want you to tell your stories to share your worth to share your value to share your perspective so that we can shed a light because one of my favorite things is when I call people because now I call people on their shenanigans and you'll hear me say that a lot you know um, shenanigans are things that people do that are very racist and inappropriate and that they may or they may be unaware whether it's appropriation and oof, girl guys everyone out there don't get me started to whether it's colorism to whether it's you know (laughs) to whether it's you know I live right now in a lovely guest house in a very prominent area and you know on my way to work the other day and I'll give you an example I'm giving you an example of shenanigans you know the other day I'm, I'm running late to work I'm running into my car and I see I see this lady just sitting in her car watching me from across the way and she slowly pulls up as I'm like fine you know you know when you're running late everything's falling out of your purse and you're like ah right so I'm like trying to get it together because I'm just a hot mess trying to start my car and she's like motioning for me very demanding roll down my window like there's something very pressing she has to tell me and I just feel it I knew I knew because of the area like when I leave my door my neighbors across the way or if I'm parking the car in front of the house where I'm staying at um they'll like peep through their windows and then the next door neighbor right next to me he you know lives spends half of the year in the midwest and then comes half of the year out here you know i'm based in you know los angeles california so when he wasn't there which is when when i moved in i was just parking in front of his house because there's always parking space was always taken up long story short when he arrived he asked me to not park there but meanwhile the little girl across the street and her little prius can park there and has been all day long so long story I say this to say that I'm used to the shenanigans okay and what's ironic these people have like Bernie signs in front of their houses and probably would be the first ones like oh I'm not racist I march in black lives matter right but that's a whole other segment so um (laughs) that's this is what I called shenanigans okay shenanigans so um, this lady, so I'm on my way to work and long story short, this lady is like motioning very forcefully, like 
I must roll down my windows and listen to her. So I roll down my windows and, or my window, and she's like, you, you work in that house, right? Oh, no, no, no. I lie, guys. She said, you work for those people in that house, right? And she's pointing to the house that I just came out of, um, which is where I stay. I live in the back house, the guest house, you know? And I was so flabbergasted that, you know, I just rolled up my window and went about my way. But I was cursing her in my car all the way to work. And I thought, shenanigans. So these are shenanigans. And these are some of the things that we go through that a lot of the world has no idea on a daily basis of what it's like to, when I say a lot of the world, honestly, I mean white people. Because now there are a few white people out there but the white people that are like oh no I'm not like those white people are usually the white people that are like those white people and I say that because I've heard that a lot in my life and it's literally right after they just did a shenanigan like that okay so um so yes so this first so again this is why I really wanted to create this uh series and um like I said, I was really, really, really upset. I even shed a tear when I heard about um, the, the the varsity, I think, gate, it's called, the college scandal. Because, you know, I did, like I said before, I had a long, fought hard journey. And it was also a very tough experience being there to graduate. And a lot of the people that perpetuated it, were two, it was twofold. It was the elites people like that who come in in sheets who ironically look down on you because you don't come from a certain class and so they have all these misconceptions and pre you know like preconceived conceptions of what you're capable of or what you can do or where you come from and so you're fighting that but then also you're fighting the people who are aligning the people who don't come from that who are aligning themselves with these people who are perpetuating the shenanigans who are perpetuating the bullying, the marginalization, you know, and, and I say this, it comes from faculty, it came from faculty, from the administration, you know, that I really have to say that I was bullied, I was marginalized. I, I, I have experienced as a woman of color, obviously micro, macro aggressions, but I had never been in a situation where I was like, that's micro today, that's macro. You know, and it was, it became such a hostile and unsafe environment for me that I, it was never that I was not going to graduate, but it was how can I survive today? So it really hit me hard because these people are lying to get into these schools, but ironically, they're the ones treating you like shit. There, I said it. Shit. Shit. And what's sad is, you know, my classmates, my classmates, you know, they're flourishing. Some of them are flourishing, doing really well for themselves. But that's because they played the game. And they allow themselves to be aligned with the people who are doing the shenanigans, these elites who are creating this false world and false sense of self-worth. Now I know who I am. It may take me longer to figure it out because I'm out here by myself. My university has just left me to the wind to fail but I will not fail because I know my worth and my value. And I know that I all I have to do is use my dime, use my mind, excuse me, and not my dime. 
Because money can disappear. It can go away. But the one thing nobody can ever take away from you, whether you get a degree through it or whether you are self-taught, is your education. It's your mind. It is your mind. Your mind is the value of your self-worth. So, with that said, we're going to transition. (laughs) Sorry, I got a little heated. I'm actually sweating. I'm sweating. Um... We're going to transition into our very first story of Invisible Booth. Um, And again, this is my response to this crazy, crazy, crazy college scandal. Because it's real. It's real. Okay. Sorry, y'all. We had some noise. You're picking, probably listening to some background noise, but here we go. Like everyone else, I was shocked when I learned of the college admission scandal involving the top elites such as lawyers, CEOs, fashion designers, and other members from wealthy families. But the sensation of the story that leaves people wondering why, why? is focused around the involvement of two Hollywood actresses, Felicity Hoffman and Lori Loughlin. From my point of view, y'all, whose offspring seemingly have every advantage. The scandal involved um, and was centered around William Rick Singer, who pleaded guilty, by the way. Like, that's crazy. He pleaded guilty. He ran the ill-fated for-profit college admissions company out of Newport Beach, California. He promised these elite people in exchange for a large fee, a side door entrance into schools such as UCLA, USC, Yale, and Harvard. Some accusations include paying off exam proctors, okay? So, aka, he has them, the exam proctors, which are pretty much, he has these exam proctors Um, aka other individuals take exams for these children of the said elite like the SATs and the ACTs okay so he paid off also admission officials coaches at UCLA Yale and USC and other Ivy League schools I mean these families paid millions of dollars millions of dollars to ensure that their children were accepted through the athlete through the athletic on athletic merit which to me is kind of ironic because most athletes in these universities are people of color, most. So I, that's a whole other issue, you know, that they feel like they have to lie to just compete on something that comes naturally, but also that's natural, but obviously through a lot of hard work. But I'll continue. Now, I have to say, y'all, that this, like I said, it hit me hard because I took it personally because, as I said, I went to graduate school at one of these said Ivy League schools. Having known my journey, I shed a tear. I mean, I'm one of what you can call poor to working class women of color that fought tooth and nail to gain entrance. You see, when I applied to graduate school, I was homeless. 
I was fired from my job, which led me to sleeping on friends' and family's couches while I searched for a job to get back on my feet. But within that, I was determined to change the course of my life. You see, I created not only a determination, but a plan to apply to these top Ivy League schools, which for anyone knows the cost is a hefty price just for application fees alone. You see, I went days without eating just so I could pay off my application fees and travel expenses for the in-person interviews and auditions. I was applying to these Ivy League schools for my MFA in acting. For anyone thinking that that's a bit different, it's not. For when I got into graduate school, my top choice, it was my first choice by the way, I enrolled in the work-study department at my university and worked in the administrative office of my department. Now, it was there that I learned that my undergraduate GPA accounted for my entrance into my program. It made me grateful that my parents, both immigrants from a country that our current 45th leader of the free world refers to as a shithole country, it's not, instilled in me the power of working hard to attain an education. I am a proud Haitian American. Because being immigrants, they know and knew all too well the importance of investing in your mind. Although we live in an age where people value money, my parents, immigrants, raised me with a core value that money is fleeting. That money is not the end all and be all. Someone can rob it. It can be gone in an instant, but the power of an education, no one can ever take it from you. You can always create a new avenue for yourself with your mind. See, my parents, being immigrants, were forced to always create avenues towards their own American dream. So when I got into my top Ivy League choice with no connections, no wealth to back me up, just on my pure drive and merit. I felt like I was on cloud nine, like the sky was the limit and anything and everything was possible. But then reality set in. This college scandal stung to the core because not only in my journey did I have to fight and overcome overwhelming obstacles to get in. But once I was accepted and began classes, I wasn't prepared for the blacklash, the marginalization, the forces from the elite, these or those people in power that would use every ounce of energy over the next three years to let me know that A, I was lucky to be there, B, that I didn't belong, and C, I was going to have to prove it or leave every single day. See, to them, I was lucky to have graduated. And to be honest, I was. Because I didn't come from money. I was marginalized and bullied by both my faculty who orchestrated the bullying from other classmates and faculty members. When I seeked guidance and help, I was left to the wolves as a sacrificial lamb, used as an example for anyone that dared to speak against the status quo because how dared this black woman, this angry black woman, speak against the system. Academia can be a tricky world when one has tenure. They are, as one would say, invincible. Unable to bear the mental and both macro and microaggressions my final year and under the advice of a dear friend that stated, 
if I were her daughter and she came to her having suffered the abuse that I shared with her, she would tell her to leave. She said, your well-being is worth more than gold. So I did the unthinkable and dropped out of my thesis play and actors showcase my final year in grad school, which for anyone knows, getting an MFA, that's why everyone goes, literally, it is the end all and be all. It is your calling card to a career, to, to, to transform, to, to, to go into a career of Lupita, uh, Deny, or, or Meryl, or countless other uh, stories that result that that uh, uh, countless other Hollywood elite whose stories resemble that of your own. Your showcase is the this is it moment. But as a punishment for disappointing my classmates and the integrity of the show by dropping out, I was assigned in less than three weeks to write, produce, and perform my own solo show. And if, and I quote, if. He deemed it fit to let me graduate, threatening another year of further abuse. So, I do what honestly most black women are trained to do from birth, from the imbalances of society. I've rose to the occasion with the help of three brave souls in the class below me. They spoke up and helped me create a miracle. My thesis show, written, produced, and performed by me. I received a standing ovation, and less than a year later, I was off-Broadway with the same show. I've toured my show on both coasts and have received critical acclaim. But for most people, this will sound like a happy ending. Like, see, you went through that so you can tell your own stories. But there is no happy ending in this story just life. See, I'm still haunted by my experiences at what was once my perceived golden ticket. I'm often told by my white counterparts who often have so much of an advantage, so much so that it frustrates me how they are unable to see it. They're often so surprised, shocked, and impressed by my tenacity my go get em attitude, my willingness to put myself out there. My response is always the same because I have to. No, because I have to. And usually their immediate response, oblivious to the weight and levity of my response is, well, me too. See, I feel haunted by my experience at the top said school. I can't help but wonder that their reach has affected the opportunities I've come so close to getting since graduation. I don't want my mind to wander down that arduous path, but I can't help but wonder with all the accolades and near moments that could have changed my life were always met with sudden doors being shut with quick knee-jerk disinterest. I still get emails from my abuser, yes, abuser, 
so charming to those on the outside, aka my ex-professor, the head of the department. Even He's so charming to those, even so much so, that on graduation day, when he introduced himself to my family, it led my eldest brother to turn to me and say, he did all those things? You sure? <laughs> he couldn't have been that bad. Maybe you were just too emotional. Okay. He still sends me emails that I can't help but think he, being my professor, <laughs> aka abuser, I can't help but think that he's checking up on me, afraid of what I might say, revealing his true nature. These days, I find myself not doing anything in the field that I love. I no longer act. Having found no way in, I find that I'm living in a field of broken dreams. See, I'm heartbroken. Still, from my time at said school, having been tormented by the ones that have it all, watching their careers move and flourish while I fade away and learn to find peace in what looks like a whole new world outside of what I once dreamed for myself, picking up the pieces and mending myself back together. I think I'm a little angry at people like Felicity Hoffman and Lori Loughlin and the other nameless lawyers and CEOs because I've spent my life following the rules, doing what's right for an exchange of the American dream. I've never had the right skin color, right connections or money. I never let that stop me either. Everything I've ever done has been by sheer will, sleepless nights, and through unsurmountable sacrifices. I guess I'm angry because... It reminds me that the system is rigged. The system will always favor people like you, the privileged, the elite, the ones who align themselves and sell themselves off for a price. And that, well, that luck is a real thing that a handful of us get to experience. Only if we're lucky. And that was the first story from Invisible Booth series, Varsity Gate. And that was my response. I love to hear your comments about our very first episode and our very first response. Thank you so much um, for listening. Um... I would like to know, honestly, if you've ever felt marginalized or feel like you are unheard, what stories do you want to hear? What do you want to share? Or not. <laughs> I really don't know what to say. I am a person of one. But again, you know, my thoughts are this, this, this really upset me because I'm still fighting the fight. I'm still trying to 
find my way to break through. And um, I'm a fighter. I don't give up. I have been at this for two decades, 20 years. And um, I'm still an unknown in this world. Um, but most of all, I'm becoming known to myself. And um, I think I'm learning to find my voice again. And through that, I want to learn to give you all a voice, a platform as well. And even if you don't share your stories, um, I hope you can relate. Thanks for listening. Um, Tune in. We're going to do this every week, y'all. Every week. Today is Friday. Happy Funky Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Stay cool. Stay blessed. Um, Keep fighting the good fight. And know that you're not alone. Your story matters. Peace.